Sometimes things just don't work out. Today we're here to talk about the worst of the worst during our time in Europe and the UK. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Welcome to episode five of our best of Europe season on the Travel FOMO podcast. We are going through our three-month adventure to try to find out what the worst of the worst was. It's like the best of the best season, but we had to throw in some of the worst (laughs) of the worst. (laughs) That's right. There can't be a best without there being a worst. So we're bringing them to you today. My name is Jamin Houghton, and I'm here with my wife and co-traveler, Hillary. That's right. Hopefully I'm the best of the best, but um, <laughs> but today we're talking about the worst of the worst. We are. So these are the things that we just didn't get quite right or just weren't for us. Uh, maybe some acquired tastes that we just uh, didn't acquire along the way. So let's just uh, dive right into it and start out with cities. Oh, yeah, because that's an easy one, because we had both decided our least favorite city was Dublin. (laughs) Dublin. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Dublin just wasn't quite what we expected, Um, was more expensive than we thought. Mm -hmm. One of our most expensive stays for, like, not that great and uh, wasn't quite as authentic as maybe we were looking for. And really was just kind of a miss for us when we got around and traveled more and talked to more people. They were like, oh, you should have gone out in the countryside. And I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) totally would would definitely spend more time on the countryside in Ireland to make up for that. Um, Another one that we really didn't like was Naples, Naples, Italy, which is no surprise to people who have been to Naples. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think in my mind, I was going to like go to the land of of like Dean Martin. And I'm pretty sure it would have been amazing to be there with him back in the day. Uh But it was just kind of rough, like very dirty. Yeah, really rough. And you could see these old buildings and you're like, wow, these buildings at one time would have been beautiful mm-hmm. and this would have been amazing. But it was just really rough, like covered in graffiti, very dirty and just not that appealing. And our first 60 seconds, it felt like not not really, but like our first five minutes getting off of the train and walking through Naples. I mean, we proceeded to smell and see urine. Um, we <laughs> proceeded on to um, almost get hit by vehicles a couple different times mm-hmm. and then to actually see somebody lying on the ground who just been hit by a vehicle. And we believed they yeah. had just been hit by a vehicle, appeared to be a tourist. Um, there were so many instances that we were just like, what is that? And then another time we heard something huge and loud that I didn't know at first the sound of it. Was it, um, you know, somebody doing construction above our heads that, you know, that something was falling? Was there a gunshot? Like, what is this huge, loud sound? There were all these different things that were happening that were just freaking me out. Like I was on the edge pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think it was it was one of those where like the first initial shock was was not good. Like that first right. impression was, was not great. And Dublin was that way, too, because we 
got from the airport to downtown by taxi and our taxi driver was horrible. Yeah. And so like both of those started off really bad and just true. never recovered. That's true. That's true. Um, I feel like a lot of people too, who have been to Naples, Italy, I feel mm. like they have said similar things. Like it's kind of hard to love at first, um, but yeah. it's got its own character and you can appreciate it for that. I mean, well, those acquired tastes. <laughs> I mean, the taste of the pizza there certainly helps so (laughs) it was the only michelin starred restaurant that we ate at our entire trip was in naples yeah on the street while we're sitting there on this tiny little at literally this tiny tiny little table that can barely hold our drinks and our plates and meanwhile some men are coming up to us with black trash bags and they're trying to sell us socks out of trash bags it was just wild the whole scene was wild i still think we should have bought some socks <laughs> next time, next time, save up, Jamin. Well, let's move on into accommodations. So, you know, we're traveling on a budget, trying to save money. And so we had limited resources. So every place we booked couldn't be uh, super awesome. And some of them weren't. <laughs> so what uh, what do you think? Uh, were some of our worst accommodations. Well, you know, it's funny because our list includes some of the same places. (laughs) So I wonder about like your overall initial experience and how that influences everything there. But Mm. we really weren't fans of our hostel we stayed at in Dublin. Um, And it is, um, you know, hostels are made to be really affordable so that everybody has a chance to experience travel. So um, it did allow us to be in Dublin. So that was really great it was also pretty expensive i would say that was one of them what about you what's another one um another one that comes to mind is innsbruck Mm -hmm. um i felt like that airbnb in particular was just kind of like halfway thrown together yeah um all the furniture was was pretty cheap and just not not quite that nice we we actually went to a grocery store walked a long way to a grocery store to find one that was open on a sunday in austria Finally found a grocery store, bought some frozen pizza, brought it back, and the oven didn't work. Yeah. And so, like, that, too, was just like, okay, well, we booked this place with a kitchen so that we could cook at home, and now we're going to have to go out and eat, and now we've got this frozen pizza. That we'll never make. Right, that we're just going to have to throw away, because yeah. what do you do? And and the, the decorations were just all over the place there, too. Like, it. It was just not not that awesome. Well, it had a little bit, too, to do with it rained the whole time. Yeah. Um, it had a great, nice balcony out there, but we didn't really get to enjoy it because um, mm-hmm. of all the rain. Yeah. Um, we also, I will never forget that bathroom because the toilet seat alone was memorable. It was like these this comic strip pattern. So it's like all these blues and reds and crazy colors. And that was the toilet seat. And so we just got some really great photos and memories from that. And also that was the bathroom where I fell getting out of the shower mm-hmm. like an old lady and almost broke my hip. I thought I was going to die right there on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what about train rides? We've had some very eventful train rides what would you say are one of the worst train rides that we dealt with (laughs) well getting to sorrento yeah uh, from pompeii was pretty rough um the italian train systems there are frequent strikes and when it happened that day fortunately we were really lucky in that we caught a train early enough that we were able to make it to pompeii from naples Um, but then we had to catch a train from Pompeii to Sorrento and we lined up 
to take the first one through post strike. And so it was jam packed. You could picture like six trains worth of people on one train. Oh, that's crazy. And so it's standing room only. We're standing there like shoulder to shoulder with people in this kind of hot train, no air conditioning. There like there was some people laying on the floor. Everyone's just crammed in there. One guy looked like he was about to get sick. I don't know if he was hungover or what. And it was just a really rough, <laughs> rough, rough train ride. And that I thought was never going to end. Yeah. But it was totally worth it, we have to say, because Sorrento and the Amalfi Coast make it so worth every minute on that train. Yes. And I will also say that if we were going straight from Naples to Sorrento, we could have taken a different train line mm-hmm. that I think would have been a nicer, more high quality train. But this was sort of that local train that got you from Pompeii to Sorrento. And so it was a little a little rougher. It cost us a dollar fifty euro and may have been overpriced. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So one that comes to mind for me is when we were leaving San Sebastian, Spain, and we were going on a train to Valencia, mm-hmm. and it was kind of going from one coast to the next, and Spain is big, yes. and so we were literally on the train for hours, and it's kind of like you're just out in the middle of a desert. It was yeah. not that interesting. Um, <laughs> so that's just one to note. If you're traveling across the whole country, you know, the whole territory of Spain, it's kind of a lot and it might not be that gorgeous. <laughs> it's like a brown piece of construction paper that would exactly. just across for hours. Exactly. But one that really sticks out to me is being on some of the Czech trains because I feel like yeah. we had at least one, if not more instances in which, I mean, n- knowing the language there was just not going to happen for us. Right. So we were totally dependent upon somebody speaking something in English or posting information in English. And when that didn't happen, we found ourselves in some interesting situations, Um, (laughs) including, well, why don't you tell the story about when we're on that train and we start hearing that, like, the train's going to disconnect at a certain point. Be sure to get on the right train. (laughs) Right. So we were leaving Munich, uh, heading to Prague, and we heard an announcement along the way that the train would be detaching at at some point and it really only came through once and I was like well I'm sure that they'll announce it again like right before it happens because we didn't catch it all right yeah they're announcing it in several different languages and you're not really paying it you know you're listening to a podcast or whatever and I was sleeping (laughs) yeah you were asleep (laughs) on the train and it's not really clear where everything's posted on, on every train. So every country, like it's just a little different where you look for signage to know. And we're stopped at this station. And I was like, huh, we seem to be at this stop a little while longer than maybe I thought. And then the train starts moving and I look and I see in the windows of the train station that we have detached and like the car behind ours is staying and we are going and I was like, huh, I really hope that we're on the right half of this train. And I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. And yeah. so when we passed the next stop, 
I was like, okay, we're for sure. I started looking at maps and I was like, okay, we're for sure on the wrong train now. Yeah. We got on the right train in Munich and we haven't got off the train, but we are now on the wrong train. Yes. And we had to get off. Thankfully, we had the URL pass. So we were able to like reroute with some different trains. It only ended up costing us a couple hours time. But it was uh, not the greatest experience. That was crazy. (laughs) Well, because I mean, the the real good part is that like we did have the URL pass. It didn't cost us any more. It only cost us time. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that was really interesting to note is that we navigated our way to the right place but that ended up meaning staying on the wrong train longer than you would expect right because that was going to be faster is going to get us back to a better point versus hopping off the train immediately and then figuring something out because then you're in a place you just got to initially just find out what's the best navigation forward before you truly make any decision or take any action okay so what about worst automobile rides because we've had some well, we mentioned our cab ride in Dublin. Um, that was just so bad. Like we get in the in the cab. It's this guy. He's not Irish. And we ask him, what should we do while we're here? And he's like, you should leave. And I still can't like, believe that. Word for no. word. He said, you should leave. Yeah. I mean, the guy was just kind of a jack. And we like, I'm just like, what do you why are you doing that? like you're obviously miserable yeah like why are you why do you insist on being miserable he proceeded to tell us like, for the next 30 minutes or so how miserable he was yeah yeah and how much he wanted to go back to wherever it was he was from and but he'd been there for like 20 years yeah and so part of you is just like well then go back right to wherever it is that if, you're, if it's so bad here then go back yeah but yeah. yeah exactly we also had some crazy bus rides that we didn't expect when we were hopping off and on trains, yes. which was really interesting. Um, and, and I say hopping off and on trains, we would get on a train and then there'd be construction up ahead and they would just randomly stop the train at a train station and be like, okay, you need to get off. And we'd be like, uh, that we don't understand what's happening. And it was to put us on a bus because the train tracks were under construction and the bus would take us to the next place where we would hop on a train. Yeah. The surprising part about that is that they always kept it on time. It never mm-hmm. really got us off schedule. And every time I always thought it would, and I was always thinking of the next Airbnb host that was waiting to meet us at the door. Or I was always like looking ahead thinking, oh, how is this going to mess things up? Our connecting, you know, bus, you know, our connecting trains, what's this going to mean? And it never got us off schedule. It was really impressive. Yeah, I, w- I was worried about that too, because a couple of times it happened, we did need to catch a connecting train. So we're taking a train from one place to another place and then changing trains to take on the next one on. And it was just really complicated. And when you're navigating it in a foreign language, it makes it even harder. And I was definitely scared every time that like, man, we're, we're going to be just out in the wind. Mm-hmm. But it, it all worked out. Yeah. Okay. So we talked trains and automobiles. What about ferries getting around by boat? What do you think some of the worst ferry rides were? Oh, well, I can tell you right off the bat, my worst ferry ride was on Lake Como. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It was beautiful. And our first um, leg of it, we basically Mm. went from the city of Como to um, the tiny little village of Bellagio um, and then back. Well, that return trip took 
forever. And it wasn't really just the trip. It was the whole experience of trying to get on the train or trying to get on the ferry, excuse me, and trying to navigate their system and realizing that like you missed the first one and you're going to have to or you're at the wrong port. And the port is literally it could be the size of, you know, somebody's pool table or it could be (laughs) the size of an actual big building. It was just it was really interesting to navigate. Um, and any kind of information that you were going to get was going to be available by signage. And by signage, I mean little eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper that are on a window at the <laughs> port. And you can't get to that signage because there are 200 people and tourists in front of you. Um, they're in line for the next ferry or they're trying to get on a ferry. So that was rough. I was also getting sick. And I was just, I couldn't handle it. I was like, this is so rough. And we were also trying to be really affordable. So we had the longest ferry ride. We didn't take an express trip (laughs) and pay a lot more for that. And uh, so it ended up being kind of a long day, but. Yeah, that that return trip was uh, not the not the greatest of all. Yeah. Um, Also the, like the water buses in Venice. Oh, they could be crazy. Yeah. So I think when you picture Venice, you picture like yourself in, in a gondola being like rowed along the Grand Canal. Yeah. And, like, and you can do that. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. And uh, you can also take water taxis, which are kind of cool to this very like Pierce Brosnan to like show up in a, in a water taxi in Venice or something. And then the other option is the water bus, and um, it's just it's just not great. Without without uh, needing to say anything, you guys know that we took the water bus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we went the affordable route, and we're on the water bus, just packed with people and hot, mm-hmm. and like just not not the romantic, magical Venice experience. You're also really close to the water, like really close to the water, and you yeah. see exactly how interesting that water can be yeah, it's not beautiful water <laughs> we also brought some items that we look back and we go man like what was like the worst item that you brought that you just regret pe- making room for and carrying around this whole time and i'm just curious what would you say that yours was we took backpacks and i brought a crossbody bag mm-hmm. that i would care that my idea was i'll carry it during the day our camera can go in it yeah. And things like that. And and it had like cool little zippers, hidden zippers where you could put like your passport, right? Right. Like my passport could go in there, my phone and things like that. So I thought that that would be a good idea to have that stuff always like right there and accessible on me. And I still like that idea. But the bag in particular that I bought wasn't big enough. Mm. And so it really didn't fit the camera well. Like you could get the camera in it. But you almost had to kind of take it off of the uh, the gimbal and all the all yeah. the stuff, and so it just wasn't quite big enough. I ended up abandoning it pretty early on. I think in Stratford upon Avon, I got rid of that thing. Oh um, yeah, you did, huh? Yeah, and and just bought a bigger messenger bag yeah. to carry. And once I did that, it was great, and the messenger bag worked perfect. So I liked the the idea of bringing the bag, but the one that I brought just wasn't big enough to do the job, and I think. I tend to do that. I'm like, well, this will be fine Mm -hmm. and this will get me by. Mm -hmm. But 
then I realized like this is gonna have to get me by for like three months. Right. So that's not gonna work. Right. And, and it, I had to abandon ship. Yeah. What about you? Um, I would say. And I hesitate to say, but I would say it'd be my Crocs. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting to me. Is it? You don't seem that surprised. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's this crazy thing because we had all these conversations when you were going everywhere looking for the Crocs to yeah. buy that mm -hmm. I feel like you were just telling me all the time about how magical they would be yeah, to have. They were going to be great. They, um, I think there was a flaw in this pair that I had. <laughs> <laughs> was it all so, the little holes in them? Yes, it was actually. Yeah. It was so cold in our first <laughs> month or so there, um, probably a month and a half. It was so cold. Like Crocs were not a good option at all and so wet. <laughs> and so I ended up immediately, like our second city we went to, I ended up buying some boots. Um, and we were in England and Doc Martens were really, really big there. And I was like, yes, I'm going with this look. I love their style. I'm totally replicating this. So it, that the the Crocs were um, a miss. The Docs were awesome. Um, Crocs or Docs? Uh, Docs win. And um, I will say I kept them the whole time. And I don't really know if I would have even done that because they took up a lot of room in my bag. And so they weren't heavy, though. But. I kept carrying them around and I would use them whenever we would be like at an Airbnb. They would kind of like be my house shoes, but I really didn't wear them other than that. Yeah. And I just look back and think like, that was so stupid. I should have just like thrown them away or donated them somewhere or something. But <laughs> I kept hanging on to them and they're sitting here in this closet with us as we record right now. <laughs> okay. So those are the things that we actually brought with us from America what about things that we bought along the way, like yeah. purchases we made that you're like, eh, could have done better? Well, one that comes to mind is the pirate candy oh. that we bought. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I bet we spent... 25 American dollars, if not 30, on some a bag of candy from this pirate candy store in Strasbourg, France. So we were strolling along. I think this was at night when we bought yeah. it. And we see this pirate candy store and we're like, that'd be fun. We'll just like get a couple of our favorite favorite things and put it in a bag. Oh no, we got like, I don't know, five pounds worth of candy, it felt like. And <laughs> uh and then ended up not even eating at all. I think a lot of it was just gummies that were gross. So funny. What about you? Um so you remember in Bruges Mm -hmm. We went and uh, bought groceries because we would do that, especially if we were staying anywhere for any length of time at all in an Airbnb, we would go buy groceries so we didn't have to eat out. And I bought some cereal. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I remember looking for the milk mm -hmm. and I looked and looked and looked and there was a small section in the refrigerated section with these bottles of what it was the only thing that could have been milk. Right. Right. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, here it is, the milk. Yeah. And so we bought some, took it back, stuck it in the fridge. The next morning, I'm up. I'm going to have my cereal. I'm excited. I love cereal. I'm excited about it. Pour my bowl of cereal, milk over the top, take the first bite, and it's buttermilk. That's crazy. <laughs> and buttermilk is not great. Yeah, on cereal, buttermilk does not go. For those of you who've never tried it and are unfamiliar, 
um, buttermilk doesn't go well with cereal. And we end up going back to the grocery store that day and finding out that milk in Belgium is not in the refrigerated section. Yeah. It's sold like next to the bottled water and things like that, like out in the, just on the shelves and you refrigerate it after you open it. So we are finally able to find it, but yeah, that buying the buttermilk and trying to eat it with the cereal is not, not the best move. <laughs> the buttermilk was not a good choice. So what about foods? What were some of your, the worst well, foods? I would have to say, um, generally speaking, all foods in Germany aren't my favorite. <laughs> so they just, to me, they just come across as bland. And um, even the the stuff I think I'm going to like, like just drink the beer and let that be your dinner. <laughs> That's my vote. But you know what is really interesting is that I loved um, all of our Austrian and German um, breakfast that we had. Mm, I yeah. loved those. And it was usually just like some rolls or bread and fresh cuts of um, cheese and meat. And it was never anything lavish, but I always loved it. Anyway, it's kind of interesting. But um, but everything else I was like, mm. I don't know. I'll pass. I've, I've had some really bland hot dogs, some really not great. Um, well, what you had like that pretzel at the Bavarian festival that was like, oh my gosh, this is a cold. Yeah. Not, not very even, salty. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just pretty, pretty bland. Yeah. Pretty had bland some overall. Gingerbread cookies that I was like, oh, this is sad. These are all so sad. Do they know that there's other foods out there? <laughs> yeah, have you guys heard about sugar and salt yeah. and pepper? You're so like, close to Italy. This guys. Is pepper. Come on, learn a thing or two. <laughs> okay, so what about like your worst activity that you paid money for that you're just like, I cannot believe I invested in this. I did not enjoy this. <laughs> so I'm a pretty good sport yeah. and it takes like, it takes a lot to get me to the point where I'll like be rude to somebody. Mm -hmm. And at the end of our, to, to be clear guys though, he was never rude to one person in all of Europe. <laughs> so good. But I, I was dangerously close to, um, talking our tour guide in Prague out of being a tour guide that was the worst like we booked this tour and it was supposed to be like this alchemy and mysteries of Prague tour with the tour of the castle at night is how it was like build and so that those were the tickets that we bought and it's supposed to be like an hour and a half to two hours it ended up being over three hours long oh miserable three hours and the tour guide like i'm sure he was new yes but he was horrible but he had been doing it for a month he told us so he had been doing it for a whole month right and i don't necessarily blame him as much as i do like the tour company mm -hmm. because he clearly was not ready right to be leading these tours by himself right and so that's that's on them more than him like he was a nice guy not cut out to be a tour guide Right. Um, and so I, I blame that company that sold us those tickets more. So, and we didn't get to go into the castle. Yeah. We just got to go to the castle grounds. So I thought the whole thing was a little misleading. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was just, he took forever. 
he was really bad and he was horrible at delivering the written jokes mm-hmm. that he had. And like I said, it, it was supposed to take an hour and a half, two hours. It mm-hmm. took over three. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, like people were just walking out, like people were walking off. Like people were like, we have to go. Like we have dinner reservations. We yeah. have to go. Yeah. And it was just not, not good at all. Mm-hmm. And and we paid for it. Mm-hmm. We'd taken so many free walking tours that were amazing and great. And you took a walking tour the next day in yeah. Prague. That was really good. And I took it because this one was so bad. Yeah. That I sought out another tour to make up for it. Yeah. Right. You were sick too during this tour. You were yeah. like, your My allergies, allergies were, were oh. really, really bad. And so I was struggling anyway. And then being drug around by, honestly, he shows up in this like cape and like floofy hat. And it's kind of half a costume mm-hmm. and not a full costume. Yeah. And talking with him within the first 15 minutes. I felt like I don't want to do this. Right. We should just walk away. But we had paid for it and we did it anyway. And I should have just listened to my intuition and just been like, nope, we're not doing this. Um, Yeah. It was just not good. That was a big, that was a big loss on my, from my perspective. I'm like, man, I cannot believe we spent all that time in one of our only nights in Prague. Right. And that's the other thing is like we had such a limited time to be there in such an awesome city. Mm -hmm. One that I want to go back to and think about going back to all the time. And I'm like, I can't believe we spent such a huge chunk of time and like paid for ticket, like paid for the pleasure of being drug around and listening to nonsense for three hours. Yeah. What's some of the activities that you would have skipped? Well, I would probably pass on the ability to learn how to row like a gondolin <laughs> um, in Venice. Uh, when we were in Venice, Italy, we, instead of taking a gondola ride, we decided to take a um, session where they teach you how to row like a gondolier. That's mm-hmm. the word. Gondolier. Yeah. <laughs> gondolin man. I think I said gondolin. <laughs> yeah. Those are people that are from gondolas if you only (laughs) ever live on a gondola you're a gondolin you're a gondolin um yeah so i basically didn't care for it as much you you didn't mind it all that much i didn't mind it no right but it was definitely one of my least favorite things that i did interesting note i was not feeling good on that one yeah i was in a bad place and so um i was like trying to cope with this i think we'd actually just come from like como where i hadn't been feeling good and we get to um venice italy and i'm just like okay all right uh I, we're going to go do this. And I kind of had to like muster up the uh, the energy to go and do it. And then I get realized that like, oh, this person that is teaching us, they've rowed up and they've showed up in their rowing gear like they're like going to go out and like row in the Olympics. Right. Like an athletic competition, like an athletic competition. And here we are like as casual civilians. <laughs> and um, it was like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize this was going to be like, OK, get your sweat on. We're going to like work up a sweat today. And right. 
you know, and so it wasn't, I thought it was going to be more like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to row and I'm going to show you places. And I'm going to tell you about like the history behind rowing in Venice. And I'm going to show you all the art of it. And I'm going to let you try it. And it's going to be so interesting. It turned into more of a session of like a coach barking orders at you while you're trying to do what they're telling you to do and they really want you to get it right because they want to win the race (laughs) that nobody else is participating in and so it just turned into this like like I was just like I don't like people yelling and barking at me and and barking is the only way I can say it um that just keeps coming to mind when I think of that afternoon but um yeah I was like by the time it was over with I was like barking back and I was like I actually was rude at that point like I was like you need to like chill out and quit <laughs> screaming at me. Um, so that was not my favorite. I would definitely, definitely just pay for a gondola ride and just enjoy it or go into this other one knowing that I'm going to learn to row and it's going to be um, an athletic afternoon and just be okay with that. Just know that, you know? Yeah, I I was with you. I thought that I thought that it would be like 15 or 20 minutes of like, here, give it a try. Right. And like, okay, do it like this. And like, wasn't that fun? Go sit back down while I like talk to you about right. rowing in Venice. But it was definitely an athletic endeavor where you felt like you were at the bottom of like a Roman or a Viking ship being <laughs> like <laughs> told to row faster and harder. Okay, so we have delivered to you a lot of the worst of the worst. (laughs) Negative Nellies over here. So, yeah, so to not bring you completely down, let's turn it into a lessons learned activity. So what would we do differently? What uh, What are some ways that we could change it up? And when we go back to Europe and not make the same mistakes again. Exactly. Some redeeming thoughts. Okay, well, one of the first things that I would just you know, say right off the bat, which we mentioned immediately was um, Ireland and how we wish we would have done Ireland differently. And that's just really enjoying the countryside that everybody loves so much. Um, Mm. And we kind of just didn't educate ourselves enough on that. And so we scheduled around, um, around the cities more so than the countryside. And so we would, I would definitely do that differently. And I would definitely give Ireland another shot because I think it deserves it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested to go back to Ireland and try it differently, go out in the countryside. I will say if you are in Dublin, the Jameson tour was amazing. So we did we did do some cool stuff. We had some decent food there too. But yeah, I would get out in the countryside um and just see it from there. And we just had so many places to go and so little time to prepare and we were moving so quickly that we just didn't fully vet out all of our options and I think getting out in the countryside would have would have been a good choice. Yeah. You know, you talk about the tour at the Jameson Distillery mm-hmm. and that was such a great tour and it was the tour guide himself that was so good. Yeah. And that does also bring me to another redeeming thought, which is the idea of, you know, really try to take tours where you have seen that the specific guide who's going to be present to take you on a tour, that that guide is getting great reviews. Yeah. So that is something that you can do that will really help make your experience the best possible. Um, The instances where we didn't have guide specific ratings 
we actually had really, um, we didn't necessarily have great experiences. Right. So some of our least favorite activities were also activities where we had no clue who the guide was and we didn't know if they were highly rated. Um, also, uh, for us and the ferries, um, I think just understanding the local nuances of the ferry system would help you out a lot for us in, in Como. We showed up late to the initial ferry or not really late, but not in enough time to get on the first ferry. So we end up waiting. Then when we got to Bellagio, we didn't identify which port we need to leave out of. So we missed a ferry and then we're stuck in this bad scenario where we're, again, we're waiting and it just turned the day out to be a lot longer. So just understanding the ferry systems and how ferries change and it's yeah. not like trains or, or planes, like they fluctuate and they're different day to day. So just looking into that a little more, I think would have helped us out on the, on the ferry side of things. For sure. And also in regard to transportation, um, with trains, be flexible and stay informed. Um, because yeah. our URL passes that we did get, they gave us so much flexibility. So if you get one of those, you're really going to appreciate that because um, in depending on which pass you have, you can get a pass that will allow you to grab any train, any day. Like it's just yeah. crazy the flexibility that you have and you can just travel as much as you want in one day. So if something goes wrong, you've got tons of options of other trains that you can take throughout a day. So just another transportation note. Yeah. I would also say uh, bring less stuff. Um, for for me, I think I would have I would have brought less things and and given myself the option to buy more things while I was there. I know in Bath, we went into a thrift store and I bought a sweater that I ended up wearing a lot in England and throughout like Northern Europe. And I think I paid like five euro for it. And I wish that I had done more of that, that I had brought less stuff and like paid for less stuff here and left myself more availability to, to buy more over there. Not expensive stuff, but just like cool local stuff that adds to the experience a little bit yeah i would say overall our worst of the worst just wasn't that bad not too bad you know <laughs> if like you're stranded somewhere on lake como waiting for a ferry it's just not that bad of a life yeah taking a nap in bellagio isn't the isn't the end of the world not the end of the world <laughs> getting on the wrong train in in uh czechia that's just it's not the end of the world you're gonna see some more beautiful countryside and you're gonna figure it out it's gonna yeah. be okay well and i will say even like you know our worst our worst cities of like dublin and naples like i would go back there and have a great time absolutely and so even though like they're technically our worst they're still pretty awesome yeah absolutely okay jamin tell us what is up next that is a wrap for this episode but tell us what we have ahead to look forward to so our next episode we're really excited about we're going to tell you how travel can change your life and so how it changed us. We're also going to give you details about how much we spent, uh, things like that. So a lot of a lot of what we did over there and how it made us different, how we came back in a different, better place than we were when we left. So we're going to give you all those details. Make sure that you're subscribed and tuned in for that. And then we will start our America's season. So our gap year didn't end in Europe. Yeah. We came back to the United States where we had an Airstream waiting for us and our dog waiting for us. We went to tons of national parks all over the country, all four corners of the country, up into Canada, all kinds of places. So you're going to make sure that you are 
subscribed, tuned in, notifications on, locked and loaded, ready for what's to come. That's right. And you can subscribe in a bunch of different places. You can subscribe on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and... TikTok? Oh yeah, TikTok. Love TikTok. Okay. There's so many places that you can follow us. So be sure to subscribe, like Jamin said. That way you can get those notifications and know when we've got a new video out or a new podcast. Also, just a reminder, all these places that we discussed today, all of these stories, you can hear more about them in the specific podcast episodes. When you go to search, you can search by city and that will help you know which podcast you're looking for. Also, um, you can find them as well on YouTube and kind of see the things that we're talking about i will say the youtube videos and the podcasts are pretty different Mm -hmm. so what you're gonna see is um a lot of what was happening in real time with us filming um and then the podcast is actually a lot more in depth maybe even a little bit more authentic because we really tell you what's happening and uh, in front of the camera we don't always know how to articulate all of the challenges that we're facing i guess you could say yeah i feel like in the podcast we've we have a little more time to reflect and better articulate things than necessarily like in the moment that you see on the youtube videos but but go check them out uh it's really cool stuff that uh that we're just excited to bring to you if you see one that you really like uh, leave us a comment on the on the youtube video that's a great way to engage us but uh, we've been hearing from people on on youtube and instagram lately and it's really encouraging so if you want to be part of it and um and support us in that way we would definitely welcome those comments uh whether it be on social media or or youtube share it with your friends stuff like that keeps us uh keeps us motivated Another way that you can contribute to the podcast is by sending in your own stories. So you can do that uh, a couple different ways. Just hit us up at travelfomapodcast at gmail.com. You can either type out your story, we'll read it here and share it on your behalf. Or if you would like to record a voice memo and send that in an email to travelfomapodcast at gmail.com, we'll plug it in here and share your travel stories and tips with our Travel FOMO family. Uh, we'd love to hear from you that way. and get to give everyone a taste of where you've been. Love hearing from people. Love all of those stories. And with that, guys, we will let you go. And we look forward to the next episode where we talk more about gap year and wrap things up with how travel can change your life. Life is short. Wonder well. 